In Ireland, they say you'll never forget someone if you write a song about them. The Irish remember the events and the people who've shaped their history in the many traditional songs they've written over the years. For a lyrical look at some of the heroes of Ireland, some real and some legendary, we're joined now by singer Kathy Ryan. Kathy's a proud Irish-American, and she lives in the northeast corner of the Republic of Ireland. She's with us right now on Travel with Rick Steves to introduce us to some of the people that Ireland remembers in its songs. Kathy, so good to have you here. It is great to be here. And whenever I think of you, I, I just think of just a joy of life in the context of Ireland and how music ties in with that. And I also remember you grew up in Detroit. Yes. In, uh, Motown music. I mean, how did a Detroit girl get so just swept away by traditional Irish folk music to the degree that you moved there and now you're a well-known Irish folk singer? Well, my father was a singer. He came from Tipperary and he was a brilliant tenor, fabulous. And my mother was a musician at heart, so she always had music on the stereo playing, plopping down. Remember vinyl? One after the other plopping down. And also we were members of the Gaelic League and the Irish American Club in downtown Detroit. And that was our community. That was where we socialized. So I sang my first song into a mic there when I was seven for my father for Father's Day. And I would get up after that at sessions, singing sessions where everybody sits around and they play instruments and they sing songs. And people don't know that about Detroit. It's a, it's got a very, very strong Irish population. You really had a bit of Ireland in Detroit. Absolutely. And then all the time I spent in Ireland as a child, in my grandmother's kitchen and my grandfather's kitchens. No television. The news came on the radio. Otherwise, it was off. Everything was generated by us, and it was all song and story. It was a magical time. I'm so grateful that I got to have that experience as a kid. Other countries have music, but no other country has music quite like Ireland. I agree. A lot of people say it's because Irish music sings to the heart. I believe it sings to something larger, the spirit. It buoyed the spirits of the Irish who have left through the centuries of no choice of their own to make livings in other countries, to go fight in foreign wars. It also kept alive, as you said in your introduction, all of the heroic people and pride of place. Every single little nook and cranny in Ireland has a song written about it. It is a way to name things and to keep them sacred, if you will. So when you drive around Ireland as a tour guide, you must be bursting with an interest in, oh, here's a, a new town that has a song about yes, that and everywhere you go. I try not to. <laughs> I don't want people to run off the bus or throw me off the bus. But yes, you can sing a song about everything. And for me, it punctuates an historical talk, something I'm talking about, I can say, and now I'd like to sing this song for you. But there are songs about you know, winning race dogs. There are songs about great horses. There are songs about people's families. There are songs about deaths in communities, drownings off the coasts of Connemara that are heartbreaking. So everything is kept in the music. It's a life raft. And heartbreaking is a lot of Ireland's history because of your relationship with England and uh, just tough times. And then Civil War, once Ireland wins its, I mean, just in a nutshell, you were subjugated by the, the English for centuries. Yes. You finally win your independence, what, 100 years ago or so, and then there's a civil war about how Ireland's going to be managed by its own people. Exactly. Whose side are you on? Do you want a completely free Ireland, or will you take this interim step of 26 counties until you can get more? So the 1916 Rising was yes. a big deal. It was like the American Revolution in yes. Irish history. Just a little over 100 years ago, there must be songs that bring you back to that, that stir your Irish patriotism or pride. And even better than that, Rick, because 
some of the men and women who were actually on the front lines during the Easter Rising wrote these songs. I'd like to sing one for you now, if that's okay. Sure. This is a song that was written by Patrick Pierce. Patrick Henry Pierce was one of the signatures of the Proclamation of Independence. And it's a very powerful song. He took an old melody and he wrote new words to it. And he is saying to the people, Grace O'Malley, who was the pirate queen of Ireland, born in 1530, she was the chieftain of her clan, and she fought hard against the dominion by Elizabeth I. He's saying she is coming over the waves, and she is going to liberate you from the foreigners, not people from France or Spain. We are now going to have our own heroes. So... Shade of a haven baling were the bay or grock who vain naven to who you brought is shell merlock is to jilt a lash na gala o roche the vahawalia o roche the vahawalia o roche the vahawalia anishtar hakdan taura That's just one verse. So the Irish are going to save themselves. Yes. And they're going to do it speaking Gaelic. Yes. It's going to be the Gaels, not the French or the Spanish. Oh. And it's going to be Grace O'Malley. And I love the chorus because what he's, O Roche de Vahawalia, you are welcome home. You are welcome home now that the summer is coming. The rising for them in spring was the planting of that seed. He says in the last verse of this song, we may not live a week after this. Right. And they barely did. Right. We may not live a week after this, but in summer will be the bloom of what we've done. So now, at this point, there's already been the diaspora, Ireland yes. spreading out. I mean, yes. there's 10 Irish people in America for every Irish person in Ireland, I yes. understand. Was this actually a, a global call for the Irish people to recognize that this, Absolutely. Is, the new, this is the new morning? Yes, because money was being raised in America by Eamon de Valera to bring back, to support their efforts in Ireland. And also a lot of the musicians, their Michael Coleman, brilliant fiddle player, mm -hmm. changed the way Irish people play the fiddle. His label was called Republic Records, and they were raising money from the music to send back to Ireland. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Kathy Ryan, and she's been in the vanguard of Irish music now for more than 25 years. She's a performer in ensembles like Cherish the Ladies, and she's also a solo performer. Kathy was named the Irish Female Vocalist of the Decade two times by LiveIreland.com. Kathy was born in Detroit. Now she calls Ireland's County Louth her home. Information about Kathy's albums and her performance schedule are on her website, and that's kathyryan.com. Now, when we think about Ireland, it's also a proud culture. Of course, it's got its struggle with London to be independent. And I understand that the first printed book of Irish ballads also served as kind of a cultural document for Ireland, too. It's a ballad history of Ireland. I'm not sure if it was the very first book, but it was the most lauded book and the most accepted it was Thomas Davis, who was one of the Young Irelanders, a movement um, that was very, very strong. The precursor, actually, that they would have inspired Pierce and Connolly yeah. and Plunkett. When Ireland was starving during the Great Hunger, Thomas Davis was writing songs about nationhood. He was a pacifist. He didn't believe in aggression. He was a Protestant as well. Some people listening might think, oh, it's between Catholic and Protestants. Mm -hmm. No, no the, the fight for Ireland's sovereignty was Protestant and Catholic fighting together because they wanted Ireland to be its own nation. But he wrote songs and he believed that the best way to serve the history of a country was through its balladry. 
And I think that's true because all of the songs of Ireland's struggles are extant. They still exist. We're still singing them. They keep it in the present. And also, they make it very egalitarian. Everybody becomes a part of this struggle or this this hope because they're singing it. And you get caught up in that even the tourist whose first day in Ireland, if they can find themselves into a, a pub where you have a session going on that's that's really filled with locals, you get caught up in it. You're welcome to be caught up in this, the way the music invigorates the national spirit. Absolutely. And I think one of the reasons why is because we all know in Ireland as singers and musicians that it's not about us. It's not the culture of celebrity that sadly we're going into now. It's about the song or the tune. And we are serving it now. If it was a great song or tune, it was there before us and it will be there after us. So we're just playing our part in continuing the culture. You know, when I was in Dublin recently, of course you're going to hear uh, street musicians and you hear music in the pubs. You actually hear street poets, people that are standing on the street corner, and they'll, they'll do poetry for you at, on request, like yes. a musician would. And the thought that you've got poets who would put their poetry to music is something a lot of us don't realize. There's an extra dimension. Who's a great Irish poet that might have been caught up in the music? Yeats. 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 And I, when I'm on the coach as a tour guide, I play Yeats reciting his poetry because he sings it. I will arise and go now, go to Inish Free. And he's singing it. You know, you can hear the song in his voice. But he, after the young Irelanders, he believed the same things as they believed in. He believed that Ireland's identity came from its culture and they needed to come home to that culture. And he would write plays and poetry about the mythological figures, the great heroes of Irish myth. If I could sing a little bit of a poem of his that was put to music by a German composer, it's the Song of the Wandering Angus. Angus Og was the son of the great god, the Dagda, and the great goddess Bowen, who formed the Boyne River. And he lived in Newgrange. He lived in Brune the Boyne. And he fell in love with this woman because she came to him every night and sang. And then she stopped coming. And he wanted to find her. And he spent a very long time looking. And when he found her, she had become a swan. And she said, I'll come to you if you can pick me out of these hundreds of other swans. And he calls her name. He recognizes her. So then he becomes a swan and flies off with her. The Song of the Wandering Angus. I went out to the hazel wood Because a fire was in my head I cut and peeled a hazel wand And hooked a berry to a thread and when white moths were on the wing And moth-like stars were flickering out I dropped the berry in the stream And caught a little silver trout Sitting here at this table across from you and watching you sing that, I've been in a pub in Ireland with you when there's quiet and then somebody sings in a solo a cappella way like this. Would that be normally sung a cappella? Yes. So you could have all sorts of chaos and dancing and music and fiddle, and then silence. Yes. All attention goes to usually a female singer. 
often. What's it like to be in a pub, all sorts of beer, all sorts of flirting going on, all sorts of craziness, and then all attention on you, and you're sharing something from Ireland's more than the past, from the soul. It just happened to me recently the other week. I was in Tipperary, and uh, the musicians were playing, and people were banging their feet, and lots of chatter, and I started to sing, and silence just descended on the room. And it's such a privilege for that to happen. I mean, you feel that you're not being honored so much as they're honoring you singing the song. You're a conduit. Yes. They're honoring you singing the song, and they need to listen to the words of the song. And my father always said, what makes you a great singer is not singing in the middle of the pitch. It's not having an amazing range. It's being able to take someone out of the room. And you do that. And for a traveler to have that experience, there is nothing like it. I try not to use the word magical thing because that's easy to throw in. But when I'm in a pub in Ireland and the spirit is right, and especially when suddenly it's quiet, and somebody sings a song that lets you touch the soul of Ireland. There's nothing like it. No, I agree. It's transcendent. It, it transcends it is... the here and now, the mundane. The It goes to another level, and that's something that Yeats believed in. He thought that's what made the Irish special, different. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Kathy Ryan, and she is an Irish musician, born in Detroit, but now established and beloved around Ireland as a, a female vocalist. Kathy, we've talked about heroes with the rising of 1916. We've talked about how poetry is carried by music. Also, there's a lot of villains in Irish history. How does traditional Irish music remember the villains? Well, we don't like to think that we're villainous. We like to think we're all heroes. (laughs) So most of the Irish songs about villains are sung from the point of view of the person who's trying to overcome whatever obstacle the villain is putting in its path. And then you have just some really dark songs like Willy Willy Walla, which is a song you learn as a child in Ireland, and it's absolutely horrific, but it's done in such a rhymy, sing-songy way that it's actually enjoyable to sing. You want to hear a bit of that? Willy Willy Walla. Yes. Uh, yes, I would. There was an old woman who lived in the woods, Willy Willy Walla. There was an old woman who lived in the woods, down by the river Sawia. She had a baby three months old. Wee-ya, wee-ya, wa-ya. Anyway, it goes on and on, and, and the baby doesn't fare well, nor does she. <laughs> so, so there's a, there's a little bit of fun in, yes, in, in the, in the yes, stories of the in villains. the absolute sacrilege of motherhood in this song. You know, and that's one thing I love about the Irish. They're very irreverent. You know, there's so much we could talk about, but I just want to finish off by. Um, talking about something that, as a musician, you must, frankly, get kind of tired of people asking you to play Danny Boy. Uh, but it's such a hit with travelers, and it's always a tearjerker when you hear it, especially with Americans trying to connect with their Irish heritage. Help us a little bit with the lyrics of Danny Boy and, and what it means to an Irish musician outside of tourism. There are a lot of Irish musicians who wouldn't do Danny Boy because it's been so commercialized, but I think it's a very important song. Someone once said to me, it's Shakespeare, and I think that's true. After the great hunger, when people would leave the country, they would wake them because they would never see them again. And songs like Danny Boy... They would wake them, meaning they would, they would wake treat them. it like they've died. Yes. And the person would be there, and it would, yes. it would be a send-off. It would a be a send-off. Because they're leaving Ireland forever. The world was a much bigger place then, and they yeah. would go by sea. Oh. Uh, it wasn't always safe. And they would send money home usually, but they very rarely in the early days in the 1800s got home. That's all changed now, of course. But Danny Boy, to me, I love as a mother because it is 
letting your child go. It is detaching from them with love and saying, look, I know you mightn't come back and I may be gone when you come back, but I know you love me. And that is a huge gift to give a child when they have to go. So now when I hear Danny Boy, I'll have a little better context. Sing a, phrase, sing a stanza mm -hmm. of Danny Boy, please. Oh, Danny Boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. From glen to glen and down the mountainside, the summer's gone and all the leaves are falling. Tis you, tis you must go. And I must bide. But come ye back when summer's in the meadow, or when the valley's hushed and white with snow. Tis I'll be here in sunshine or in shadow. Oh, Danny boy, oh, Danny boy, I love you so. Wow, thank you. I've heard that song so many times, but I didn't know the context. Kathy, thank you so much, and uh, best wishes in sharing both your love of music and your love of Ireland. Thank you for allowing me to do that today, too. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. Europe Through the Back Door teaches the skills of smart travel. Travel as a political act adds meaning to the journey. And Rick Steves' best-selling country, city, and pocket guidebooks cover every corner of Europe. To learn more, visit the Travel Store at ricksteves.com.